You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and I'm your source for all things Gamecocks After Dark. So, um, if you thought things couldn't get more sad, more downtrodden, more whatever... Um, in Gamecock, Gamecock Nation, after obviously suffering a, a tough loss to Clemson, uh, a game in which South Carolina did not allow a single offensive touchdown, only allowed three field goals, and, and still lost 16-7. to We talked a lot about the Clemson game on Monday's show. Um, as always, the Monday show is on YouTube, and we stream that live at, at 9 p.m., and then I know Phil puts it up here um, for you guys to find on Spotify or um, iTunes, wherever wherever you get your podcast. So if you want to hear more thoughts on the Clemson game, more thoughts on you know what Carolina needs to do going forward, I definitely um, point you in that direction. Uh, full disclosure, um, I am recording this show very early on Friday morning. Um, just wanted to let a lot of the dust settle from Thursday. If you guys are not active on the Big Spur message board or um, you know in Gamecock social media land, you might not have heard about some of the craziness that happened that happened yesterday on Thursday. So we got it. We got to start off the show talking about uh, Juice Wells. Um, a couple weeks ago, right before the Clemson game, uh, Juice put out, put out there on Twitter that he was returning to play college football. He would probably not be playing in the Clemson game, but he would be playing college football next season. Um, his dad even went on Twitter and said that Juice was going to run all over the the SEC next season. And, you know, a, a lot of Gamecock fans took that as, well, Juice is coming back to South Carolina next year. Um, I mean, when you look at the tweets and you, you kind of break it down like you're in, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, language arts class, you know, it was a little ambiguous. Um, you know, when you combine the two tweets, um, I can see how any Gamecock fan, any Gamecock media member, um, anybody inside the Gamecock program would have would have thought that that meant the juice is coming back to South Carolina. Well, yesterday morning, early, maybe around seven, eight o'clock, started hearing some rumblings that that Juice Wells was looking to enter the transfer portal, um, and everything just kind of went hot and heavy after that. So, we'll start with Juice. Um, you know, uh, Juice had a very healthy name, image, and likeness deal at South Carolina last season. Uh, he It was reported, and I have no reason to believe, that he was not um, the, the most compensated wide receiver in the SEC last season at South Carolina. Obviously, Juice only had 43 snaps for South Carolina last year. Um, after the Georgia game, had a lingering injury. Uh, there is some... Some stuff that's going around about Juice being, you know, cleared to play by a couple of different medical doctors. Um, you know, the time frame of when he actually got cleared, I do not know specifics. Um, I know I can say for a fact that he he was cleared for the Clemson football game and and did not play um, last Saturday night. So that's that's tough. Um, you know, that kind of stuff you, you hear throughout the season and you kind of hear things behind closed doors and you hear things from sources and you hear things from uh, other folks ar around the team. And, you know, you kind of got to wade through all of it to try and get to the truth. And 
you know, there wasn't any type of, you know, multiple sources all saying the same thing. Um, you know, it, it's come out, you know, that he w- he could have played against Clemson, chose not to. Um, I know that Juice Wells was tampered with by multiple, multiple, um, at least three uh, teams that are in the top eight of the college football playoffs. Um, you know, the, the word that's kind of going around right now is that, you know, Juice had full, had fully indicated he was going to play for South Carolina. He was excited to play with Lenore Sellers. Um, evidently around the country, a lot of those teams that are tampering thought that it was a foregone conclusion that Juice was going to go to the NFL. Um, but when Juice announced he was coming back to college, it kind of became open season on Juice Wells. You know, right now, I, I think that Juice is probably likely to leave. I think that... Um, you know, he's still talking with South Carolina coaches. Uh, he, he wants to earn more in name, image, and likeness than he did um, last season. And that, that's kind of a tough sell for the, the sources of that NIL because, you know, I just spent a ton of money and I'm willing to help you out the same way I helped you out last season in name, image, and likeness. But, you know, asking for more money when you were already top of the SEC market is tough. Now... When you talk about NIL, just like anything else in life, things keep getting more and more expensive. So last year's baseline might not be this year's baseline. Um, you know, I think that part of Juice Wells, is, part of what he wants to do is obviously play in the NFL. I think that he that, that's his long-term goal, as it should be for every, every college athlete that has that opportunity. Um, but I think winning, winning also comes into play here. And I think that Juice is looking at some some pastures that might look a little greener to him right now um, as far as, you know, securing the bag, as the kids say, and then also, you know, potentially competing for um, championships. Uh, Not to say that South Carolina, you know, is a top eight college football playoff team as things stand right now. They're not, and they're probably not going to be next year. But um, that's just where South Carolina is right now. I know that um, behind the scenes people are – trying to pull funds together. They're trying to, you know, wade through all of the all of the the, the potential transfers and, and how that money is going to get allocated and where it's best spent. Um, I don't think the money is drastically different for Juice if he decides to go somewhere else. Um, I, and right now, all scuttlebutt indicates that he's likely going to um, transfer to Texas. Uh, thankfully, Texas is is not on South Carolina's schedule next year, so Gamecock fans won't have to worry about playing against Juice outside of a potential, you know, SEC championship type scenario. But um, yeah, right now it it looks like I'd probably say ninety percent chance that Juice is gone. Um, it was a it was a fun day on the Big Spur message board yesterday. It was a fun day in social media. Um, you know, if, if you allow yourself to go down the rabbit hole of every time somebody posts something on a message board that is not, you know, a staff member or something like that, then your brain can get turned in every which direction. Uh, I can't tell you how many threads popped up of I'm hearing such and such is going to transfer or such and such is going to enter the portal. Um, it, it was wild. It was absolutely wild yesterday. 
I mean, name a player on the Gamecocks roster, and there was rumors that they were going into the transfer portal. And I'm not sitting here to tell you right now that that can't happen. There, there will be players. There will be players that leave South Carolina, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give my my good friend J.C. Sherbert a shout out. Um, he on the Big Spur kind of went through every player that has an opportunity. Um, to be a big-time player for South Carolina next year, a, a player that the Gamecocks probably would like to keep, definitely want to keep. Um, but just understand that this is the wild, wild west when it comes to to transfers and tampering and grass is greener type situations. So um, if you want to if you want to see that update, I highly encourage you to join the Big Spur. Um, you know, the stuff that's kind of been leaked, I will talk about because you can't keep everything on a message board. Um, and that that part's tough because, you know, JC, Hale, Whittle, Tony, Alex Jones, you know, myself, we work really, really hard to provide the Big Spur members with the absolute most value they can, we can provide them for, um, you know, the, the money that they pay each month to be an insider. But... You know, just looking through some of JC's update right here, um, you know, the the big ones to watch, you know, it's kind of been out there that Tonka Hemingway, um, big-time defensive lineman for South Carolina last year, not so much this year, but, you know, obviously we've seen the flashes of what Tonka can do. Um, you know, the, the Internet rumors are out there, and, you know, what JC says is, you know, most likely going to transfer. Um, probably going to go to LSU. Um, and go play for Jimmy Lindsay, who who coached him at South Carolina before. Um, I don't know of any tampering that took place here. Um, obviously, Tonka has a relationship with Jimmy Lindsay, you know, predating um, this past year where Jimmy Lindsay had to take a medical leave of absence and wasn't, you know, coaching for LSU. Um, so, you know, expect expecting Tonka to potentially move on. Um, the inter- interesting name out there is Mitch Jeter, um, our amazing place kicker um, is looking for um, other opportunities to, to make more money. I mean, he feels like he is the best place kicker in the country and you know, he, he wants to go ahead and get paid for it. Um, yeah, I don't know what the market is <laughs> for a place kicker in NIL, but we, we will find out soon. Um, the other one that's, that's been out there that you know folks are talking about is O'Donnell fortune um, O'Donnell's probably gone. Um, a lot of rumors came out yesterday that he's probably headed to Florida. Um, it's interesting because Florida does not have a defensive backs coach right now. So, um, you know, if O'Donnell wants to jump ship and he wants to go somewhere where, you know, he doesn't even know who he's going to play for, that just sounds like a player that was done with South Carolina all the way around. Um, you know, like I said, check out the Big Spur message board. Um, JC and, and Whittle and Tony and, and Hale are going to be all over, all over this. And it's a great time to join the board, not only for, you know, this type of content, which is, I don't know of a single message board in the industry yesterday that pumped out an update like JC Sherbert did. So hats off to JC Sherbert. I know that he was working overtime yesterday, not only as a insider and co-owner of the Big Spur, but JC is also heavily involved in the Garnet Rise NIL. And, you know, a lot of these players are, are getting NIL 
um, money from name, image, and likeness deals that they've cut with um, Carolina Rise. So, um, yeah, so we'll see we'll see what happens there. But um, this is also a great time to join the Big Spur because this is the final push before National Signing Day. There's going to be a lot of transfer transfers into South Carolina, and the first place you're going to hear about them is the Big Spur. The first place that you're going to find um, out about these players is the Big Spur. And um, I will just encourage all of you in Gamecock Nation, don't judge this NIL transfer portal window until all the dust settles. Um, I know that the Gamecocks are working with collectives right now. They are, you know, chasing some big fish. Um, for a team that went five and seven last year, it, it might only take a handful of guys in different position groups to to make that a, a six and six type season. And South Carolina is looking to upgrade in the portal. They're not just going to take warm bodies. Um, as of right now, I can't say that I've heard much about um, you know potential commitments, thinking about going elsewhere. If anything else. You know, if some of these guys transfer out, it opens up more opportunities for them to play earlier in their career, which is something that a lot of these kids are looking for. Um, the last thing I'll say is, and, and this is probably the most important player on the roster um, going into next season, uh, Lenora Sellers does does not is not looking to leave South Carolina as of this recording. Uh, locked in to be a starter, represent his home state school. Um, Lenoris isn't the kind of kid to jump ship now. Look, I'm just saying this. Like, I just said everything that I just said. I meant that. But I'll also say this is crazy right now with the amount of money that's being thrown at kids. I think that right now a starting quarterback is looking at, you know, if you if you want to believe, um, I, I can't remember the coach who said it. I think it was Matt Rule up in Nebraska that if you want to get a starting quarterback in college football right now, be prepared to pay $1 to $2 million in name, image, and likeness. Uh, if you want an elite quarterback, be prepared to spend six to seven million dollars per season in name, image, and likeness. And South Carolina has an opportunity to do just that. You know, maybe not the six to seven million for a single player, but you know, Spencer Rattler was taken care of while he was at South Carolina. Um, he was very much taken care of over his two seasons at South Carolina, and the Gamecocks have shown these NIL partners that. You know, we can go get a guy and they're not going to they're not going to let Lenore Sellers leave without, you know, paying market value for him or that was even something Lenore was thinking about. And and sometimes, you know, these players don't jump in the transfer portal just because of NIL. Sometimes kids are homesick. Sometimes kids don't see a a path for them to play at their current university. Sometimes it's I wanna win and I'd rather be second or third string and compete and play for a winning team and potentially get a ring. Sometimes it's, I don't like my major anymore. This school has a major that, that is more in line with what I want to do. So remember that when it comes to the transfer portal, and, and it's not all NIL. I mean, a lot of this is NIL. I'd say that's like 60% of this to 70% of this is NIL. And just remember that, like, you know, Mike Morgan said it, said it perfectly yesterday. You know, South Carolina fans have got to get out of the South Carolina pond they're living in and think that, woe is me, this is only happening to the Gamecocks, it's not happening anywhere else in the country. This is happening in Florida. It's going to happen at Clemson. It's happening It's happening all over the place. Um, even like the K.J. Jefferson rumors that came out the other day where the Gamecocks and Auburn were the perceived leaders. Where did that come from? 
you know, the Gamecocks don't have a desire to bring in a KJ Jefferson to be a starter. Uh, it is the Lenore Sellers show. Now, are the Gamecocks going to have to take a, um, a you know, a portal guy? Absolutely. But it's it's not going to be a KJ Jefferson who's, you know, planning on, you know, playing for <laughs> playing as a starter. Um, really quick, you know, let's go in here and just want to tell you a little bit. Um, you know, we've had some quarterbacks, Tanner Bailey and Colton Gauthier have indicated they're going to the transfer portal. Um, it's just been a, it's been a lot and, you know, just go ahead and, and, and grab a Big Spur membership, st stay on the Big Spur because it would take me way too long to be able to go through every single player and who's in, who's out, you know, what's going on right now. So, um, join the Big Spur. With that being said, it is um, time for our SEC whip around. Um, you know, we talk about this every single week, and um, we're going to move much more into basketball season after championship week is done, after bowl games have been played. But let's go look at last last week around the SEC. Um, in the Egg Bowl, you had Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. Um, Ole Miss won the game 17 to seven. Um, Jackson Dart had a pretty poor game, um, 14 of 26 for 96 yards and one touchdown. Um, Ole Miss was able to rack up 211 yards on the ground. Um, was happy for Will Rogers to get back out there for Mississippi State, potentially one last time. Uh, Will Rogers went 25 of 39 for 207 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Mississippi State, you know, only had 96 yards on the ground. Um, this was just a game where I don't think either team really wanted to be there. Um, Ole Miss, you know, 10 and two, they were playing for a 10 win season. Mississippi state had just fired their coach, Zach Arnett, um, on news of Mississippi state, Mississippi state did hire, um, Don Levy, Dan Levy. I think it's Dan Levy. Can't remember his first name right now. Um, offensive coordinator at Oklahoma obviously has a history with high powered offenses. Uh, I would look for Mississippi state to go back to the air raid sooner rather than later. Jeff Levy's the guy's name, and um, he's going to be. I think he's a really good, really good fit for for Mississippi State and what they're trying to do. Uh, another game that it looked like Arkansas just kind of quit in was um, the Missouri at Arkansas game. Uh, Missouri won the game forty eight fourteen. It just looking at the score here. I mean, I watched a lot of this game. I was actually laid up in the bed sick. I had about a food poisoning on Friday, but. Um, Miss, I mean, Missouri was up 41 nothing at one point in this game. Um, really not a competitive game. Uh, hats off to Cody Schrader, running back from Missouri. Had another big game, 27 carries, 217 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Brady Cook, 12 of 20, 100, 112 yards, two touchdowns, passing for Missouri. Um, so good old Missouri. They finished 10-2. and two. Um, And we'll talk about the you know, final standings here in a little bit. Uh, going through here, Florida State, um, up, well, didn't really upset. They defeated Florida. Um, so, you know, Florida is just like South Carolina right now, sitting at 5-7. and seven. Obviously, South Carolina wishes they could have held on to beat Florida and go bowling this year. But just like a lot of things this season for the Gamecocks, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, this was a game of backup quarterbacks, and Florida State held on to win. Um, Florida was up 12, seven, 12 to seven at halftime and, um, Florida state ended up winning 24 to 15. Um, just looking at it, nothing really pops out. It was kind of a boring game. 
um, except unless you were a Florida State fan. But Florida State does finish the season 12-0. and They are number four in the latest college football playoff rankings, and they have a big game against Louisville in championship week. And we'll talk all about championship week here in a moment. Uh, obviously, you know what happened in the Clemson-South Carolina game. Not going to rehash that one. Uh, an interesting game, though, was Georgia traveling to Georgia Tech. Uh, the Bulldogs completed a perfect season, defeating the Yellow Jackets 31-23. to um, In a game where Georgia Tech actually had the lead after the first quarter, and Georgia pretty much imposed their will the rest of the way, got a little bit, a little bit interesting late in the fourth quarter. But um, Georgia looked pretty firmly in control that entire game. Uh, Georgia racked up 262 yards on the ground running, three touchdowns. Carson Beck probably didn't have a great game by what Carson Beck's been doing lately. 13 of 20 for 175 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, so Georgia maybe have slept walking into that game. They, they're definitely preparing for Alabama this week, which is a big one for um, both programs and their hopes to be in the college football playoffs. Uh, the, the the best game of the week in the SEC uh, probably goes to Alabama and Auburn. Uh, just an unbelievable turn of events that happened in Ben Griffin Hill Stadium. Or not Ben Griffin Hill. Uh, I can't remember Auburn Stadium right now. But um, at the end of the first quarter, they were tied up at 7-7. Seven to seven. Alabama took a 17-14 lead into halftime. Um, all tied up, it looks like, after... Oh, no, Auburn had a one-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Auburn managed one field goal in the fourth quarter, and Alabama had a miraculous touchdown um, to, to win that game um, for Alabama. Uh, maybe Alabama's getting a little bit of vengeance on the kick six from Auburn a couple years ago. But Jalen Milrow for, for Alabama kind of regressed a lot in this game, at least early on. He finished 16 of 24 with 259 yards passing, two touchdowns. Um, no touchdown bigger than the one to Isaiah Bond in the back of the end zone to win the game to, for Alabama. Um, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. You know, Auburn didn't, didn't still were, were not able to have a consistent passing game. I think that's a big reason why you see K.J. Jefferson linked to Auburn. Auburn Auburn just said, hey, we're going to run the ball on you, Alabama, and you can't stop it. And they ran 42 times for 244 yards um, and two touchdowns. Uh, the play of the game was fourth and forever. I think it was fourth and fourth and goal from the, Alabama, from the Auburn 31. And um, incredible pass, incredible catch from Jalen Milrow to Isaiah Bond to break the hearts of the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Auburn did get the ball back with a chance to potentially tie the game and send it to overtime with about a minute left, maybe a little bit less. Um, they did throw an interception, and um, uh, that, that sealed the game for Alabama. So Alabama's 11-1 and 8-0 in the conference. So hats off to Nick Saban. He just finds a way to do it every single year. Uh, looking at this game is interesting. It's another, another rivalry game. Kentucky defeated Louisville 38-31. Uh, Louisville is ranked 10th in the country. So you kind of wonder where this Kentucky team was uh, two weeks ago at Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, Kentucky had a they – were, they were down 10-7 at halftime. Um, all, both teams scored um, two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then Kentucky scored 17 points to Louisville 7 to win the game by 7 points. Uh, Devin Leary had a decent enough game, did enough for Kentucky to win. Uh, 22 of 
22 or 12 of 22 for 206 yards and three touchdowns, one interception. Um, Ray Davis had a touchdown for the Kentucky Wildcats and a big win for Kentucky, big win for Mike Stoops. Um, it was really interesting because shortly after this game, there were some rumblings that Mike Stoops was headed to Texas A&M. And um, that did that did not go over well at Texas A&M. They might have had a Greg Schiano type situation with um, fans having a little bit of an uprising. But um, Texas A&M ended up hiring Mike Elko from Duke. Mark Stoops is going to stay at Kentucky. Um, Texas A&M ended their season seven and five. They um, were beat by number fourteenth ranked LSU Tigers by a score of forty two to thirty. Um, just a season that A&M wants to forget. Fire Jimbo Fisher. It's the start of a new era with Mike Elko. We'll see what happens with them in the transfer portal because I could see some things happening at Texas A&M. Jaden Daniels was phenomenal yet again. 16 of 24 for 235 yards in the air. Four touchdowns throwing the ball. 11 carries for 120 yards on the ground. Um, if it's my money, give Jaden Daniels the Heisman Trophy, and I would have given it to him a couple weeks ago. So... Uh, that's what happened there. And then the last one, won't spend too much time on this, but um, Tennessee did defeat Vanderbilt 48-24. to And looking at the final SEC standings, um, starting with the SEC East, uh, Georgia finished 8-0 in the conference, 12-0 overall. Missouri finished 6-2 in the conference, 10-2 um, overall for the season. Uh, Tennessee was 4-4 in the conference. They finished 8-4. Kentucky... Florida and South Carolina were all three and five in the conference with Kentucky going seven and five and Florida and South Carolina finishing at five and seven. Vanderbilt was 0 for eight in conference play and finished the season two and 10, losing their last 10 games of the season. And the SEC West, Alabama finished eight and 0 and 11 and one on the season. Ole Miss finished six and two in the conference and 10 and two on the year. LSU six and two in the conference, nine and three overall. Texas A&M four and four in the conference, seven and five overall. Auburn three and five in conference play, finished the season six and six. Mississippi State and Arkansas both finished one and seven in the league. Mississippi State won five games and Arkansas won four games overall. So, um, kind of a down year for the SEC. Um, you know, SEC still has six teams ranked as it stands right now. But it really was a season of the haves and the have-nots, it, it seemed like to me. So, um, real quick, um, let's talk a little bit of basketball. Obviously, South Carolina is um, 6-0 on the season. Uh, later tonight at 7 o'clock, they will host George Washington in Colonial Life Arena. Uh South Carolina, according to Ken Palm, is now ranked as the 66th best team in the country. George Washington is considered the 139th best team in the country. So a little bit of a step up in competition from Notre Dame, who's ranked 179th in the country. But just talking about that Notre Dame game, I want to give a lot of credit to the fans for showing up and showing out. Um, that arena got loud at multiple points of the game. Uh, students were, were out there in force, and that was a, a lot of fun to to know that they had to expand the student section due to demand. Um, all these kids wanted to see the Gamecocks do battle with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, South Carolina had to had to battle in the game. They were down 10-2 to at one point. Notre Dame had multiple runs in the game, but as I, as I always say in college basketball, you want to have 
you know, the best run of the game and you want to have the last run of the game because college basketball is a game of runs. Uh, to, for South Carolina to get out of there with a win, 65-53, to 53, thought they played great defense. Um, the shot, the three-point shot wasn't really falling for anybody, not named Michi Johnson, but what a game that Michi had. Um, just really excited for, for, you know, the guard play this year. Talon Cooper and Michi Johnson are playing great. B.J. Mack is giving them great, great minutes, scoring a lot of points. Um, so hats off to, to B.J. Mack for, you know, doing what he should be doing in the non-con. Uh, Colin Murray Boyles is going to be um, back in the lineup sooner rather than later. I'm hoping to get him back before the Clemson game. Um, Clemson is also undefeated. And, um, you know, I don't want to look past anybody. George Washington will be a game tonight that the Gamecocks should win. Uh, Clemson, I believe, plays Pittsburgh this weekend. So, um, opportunity for both teams to be undefeated when they play Wednesday night, December 6th. Um, be a big opportunity for Gamecocks to get, you know, a little bit of revenge for football season this year. Uh, so, excited about that. You know, just looking through some of the Gamecock numbers, you know, Michi Johnson and B.J. Mack are, are being used on 28% of possessions. Um, they're kind of the, the catalyst for scoring for the Gamecocks this year. Um, Miles Studi, Jacoby Wright, and Talon Cooper are doing everything you could ask of them, in my opinion. Um, this is a really good Gamecock team. I, I don't know if this is an NCAA tournament team yet, but if you get past Clemson, you know, you're potentially looking at rounding out an undefeated non-conference schedule, which which will really help you in the eyes of the committees because, one, you'll have no bad losses. Um, even a loss to Clemson wouldn't be considered a bad loss. This this Clemson game is going to be an opportunity for the Gamecocks to get a quad one win as well. So, you know, you go into SEC play. Uh, looking at the SEC right now, you know, despite Tennessee's 4-3 and three record, they, they're probably – Tennessee and Kentucky are probably playing the best basketball of anybody in the conference right now. And I say that with – with all due respect to Arkansas, who just upset Duke, um, oh, I guess that was Wednesday night. Uh, but Arkansas is sitting at five and three in the five and three overall. I think they have a loss to UNC Greensboro, uh, Tennessee. You know their three losses. I mean, I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ding them that much. They're they're three. Tennessee's three losses on the season have come to number. And, and Ken Palm ratings this is number two Purdue by four points. Number seven Kansas by nine points. And number 11, North Carolina, by eight points. So I think Tennessee is still probably the class of the SEC when it comes to not only talent on the roster, but talent and, and team cohesiveness. Uh, Kentucky playing really well so far to start the season. They blasted Miami on Tuesday night. Um, you know, looking at, at Kentucky, they've kind of played a soft non conference schedule to start the season. Their only loss was to Kansas by five points on a neutral court. So I'm, I'm, I like what I see out of Tennessee and Kentucky. But outside of that, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas, and then South Carolina is kind of that cutoff before you get into the Georgias, the Missouris, the LSUs, the Ole Misses, and the Vanderbilts of the SEC. And, you know, I like to do – right now it's non-conference play. The Gamecocks play George Washington tonight. There, there's no reason for me to go into an in-depth preview of South Carolina versus George Washington um, you know, we'll talk about South Carolina Clemson on Monday night show before that game. But, you know, right now, you know, looking at South Carolina's conference schedule, uh, they'll they'll open the, the conference, the conference play um, Saturday, January 6th against Mississippi State at home. 
Then they have Alabama, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri. So, I mean, if you look at that, you know, say, you know, South Carolina versus Mississippi State at home, let's call it a swing game. At Alabama will be a tough one. Missouri away, um, Gamecocks could, could probably win that one. They should beat Georgia at home. Arkansas away is tough. Uh, Kentucky at home might be tough. I mean, I think Kentucky's pretty daggum good. But, you know, I guess what I'm saying here is, you know, you get through, like, the first half of SEC play, and the Gamecocks could be looking at a 500 or better record in, in conference play. And that's going to put the Gamecocks firmly in the NCAA tournament mix if they are able to, you know, escape the non-conference with, you know, only one loss. Um, I, I talk about this a lot, and, I'm, and I, I just always want to reiterate it to folks. It's not always about wins, like qu- um, quantity of wins, I should say. It's about quality of wins. Um, back in, you know, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of fans thought, my team wins 20 games in the season, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. That's just not the case anymore. I think that the Gamecocks have a great opportunity to get to 20 wins on the season. Uh, right now, Ken Palm predicts the record at 19 to 19 and 12 overall, and eight and 10 in the SEC. I think that's about fair for where the Gamecocks are right now. Um, but 19 and 12, eight and 10 in the SEC this year is going to have you firmly on the on the bubble going in, and that's without the you know the 20 the 20 wins. But you know when you go to the SEC tournament and you have the opportunity to get to, you know, even an SEC play this year. Uh, I think that's really what you're looking for. It's not just during the regular season. It's during the conference tournament as well. Can the Gamecocks get to a 500 record in the SEC? If they do that and they take care of the non-conference slate, the Gamecocks have a pretty good chance of making the NCAA tournament. But it all starts. It all starts tonight. You know, never overlook an opponent. So they got to beat George Washington, and then next week we'll talk about the Clemson game. Um, so just some notes for you right now. Uh, Clem- not Clemson, but South Carolina It has the 69th best offense in the country, the 72nd best defense in the country. Those are all top third um, numbers in college basketball. Really good. Um, Gamecocks are shooting 53.9% from an effective field goal percentage. So that's essentially combining free throw percentage, three-point percentage, and um, two-point percentage. Um, so if all field goals plus free throws. Uh, Gamecocks are have a decent turnover rate. They're only turning over 17 times per 100 possessions. Offensive rebounding has been really good for the Gamecocks. They're rebounding 31.4% of opponents' misses, and um, you know they're shooting they're shooting a, a, a decent amount of free throws versus field goals. So they're drawing fouls. Um, right now, this is a well-coached team. You know, I was texting with JC during the during the Gamecock Notre Dame game, and although the Gamecocks got down 10 to two. I said, look, you know, they're not flinching and they're getting good shots and they're running an offense. And that's not something that we could have always said about South Carolina um, in past in past seasons. You know, not just, you know, last season, Lamont's first year when, you know, kind of offense broke down. It was like, all right, me to your GG, go fire up a shot. Um, this team is running an offense and it looks crisp and it, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, so just looking through that, that's probably all we got on basketball. Let's, um, let's quickly look at, at the weekend in college basketball. Um, let me go look at this schedule. Might be easier to do this. I'm going to go to ESPN.com and you know, I hate going to ESPN.com. Honestly, it's a great, it's a great, um, 
it's a great place to you know find stats and find schedules and stuff like that. But I really just don't like um, giving ESPN clicks. But hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. All right, so men's college basketball schedule. Let's look at the SEC because that's what we care about. Um, so let's see. Friday, December first. Um, Mercer travels to Georgia. Um, that game is on SEC Network and ESPN Plus if you'd like to watch it. Uh, Mercer at Georgia at 7 p.m. I can't imagine any of you would want to watch that game unless you got multiple screens because um, at 7 o'clock, George Washington comes into Colonial Life Arena. Um, that You can watch that game on ESPN Plus, SEC Network. And then um, at 8 o'clock tonight, Southeastern Louisiana travels to LSU in college basketball, and that's at 8 p.m., and that's on ESPN Plus, SEC Network. Uh, Saturday, um, one decent game. Um, you know, it'll be a big test for Ole Miss. Um, Memphis will travel to um, Oxford, Mississippi at 2 p.m. on Saturday to face face off against Ole Miss. So Memphis at Ole Miss, 2 p.m. on ESPN2. Um, UNC Wilmington travels to Kentucky. Uh, that game is at 4 p.m. on SEC Network. And Alabama Alabama A&M plays Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt at 5 p.m. on Saturday. We'll quickly look at Sunday's slate. Um, Auburn, wow, Auburn actually travels to Appalachian State, and that game Sunday at 1 o'clock on ESPN2. Wichita State travels to Missouri at 3 p.m. on ESPN2, and Southern travels to Mississippi State at 4 p.m. on the SEC Network. So, that's kind of your whip around around um, the SEC, both in college football and in men's basketball. I think at this point in time, you know, we we always get my gambling picks, and I'll look at that really quick for you. Um, no gambling picks last week. Um, I'm up, I think, 27 to 23 on the season, something like that. So up four units, give or take. Uh, but it is championship week, so... Let me give you some picks to get us out of here with. At 8 p.m. tonight, you have Oregon versus Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon is a 10-point favorite over Washington, and the over-under is 65.5 points. So, um, you know, as soon as the Gamecock game gets over, you're probably going to want to flip over to to watch this game on ABC. Um, 8 o'clock, Oregon, Washington. I will take Washington plus 10 points. Uh, I think that's just too big a number in a conference championship game where both teams are ranked in the top top five in the country. Um, that's my rationale there, so take it or leave it. Um, on Saturday at 8 p.m., you have 14th-ranked Louisville facing off against 4th-ranked Florida State in the ACC championship. I can say as a Gamecock fan, it's nice to see Clemson not in the ACC championship again. Um, so the, the story of this game is Louisville's coming off a disappointing loss to Kentucky. Louisville's 10-2 and on the season, 7-1 and in the ACC, ranked 14th in the country. Florida State is ranked 4th in the country, you know, perfect season so far. The line is Florida State minus 1.5, and the over-under is set at 47.5. Tough game, a tough game to pick here. Um, you know, but I'm going to pick it for everything. Florida State minus one and a half just seems like a line that you you would think that Louisville would be favored in this game, especially with Florida State without their starting quarterback. So give me FSU minus the 1.5. Um, we'll just we're going to ride with Florida State. They got to win this game to get to the college football playoffs. 
Uh, at 12, 12 o'clock on Saturday, you have Oklahoma State versus Texas in the Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship. Um, interesting line here. Texas is favored by 15.5 over Oklahoma State. The over-under is set at 54.5. This game is at 12 p.m. on Saturday on ABC. Um, you know what? I like underdogs right now, so I'm going to take OK State, and I'm going to take OK State plus the 15.5 points. Oh, the big one. Here is the big game. At 4 p.m. on CBS in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, the SEC Championship will take place. Number one, Georgia, versus number eight, Alabama. Um, Georgia is favored by five points in this one. Over-under is 54.5 points. Alabama has to win this game to have any chance of getting to the college football playoffs. Um, I would think that Georgia could survive this loss, but I, I can't promise that. Um, I'm going to take Georgia take Georgia minus five here. I think Alabama got a wake-up call against Auburn, and this is going to be a very, very exciting game. Um, I'll take Georgia minus the five. I think Georgia wins by a touchdown, but I'm excited for that one. Um, got two more games to pick here before we're out of here. Uh, 4 p.m. on ABC. Oh, my gosh. I feel bad for the American Athletic Championship game competing against the SEC Championship. I, I can guarantee you the numbers won't be good here. Uh, but you got SMU at 10-2, and 8-0 in the American versus Tulane, 11-1 overall, 8-0 in the American. Tulane is favored by 3.5, and, and I'm going to ride Tulane here. Um, I can't say I'll watch any of this game, but I was impressed with Tulane throughout the season, so... Tulane minus three and a half. Um, this one's really interesting here. The last game we're going to talk about is at eight o'clock on Fox. Number two, Michigan versus number 16, Iowa. This game will be played in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Michigan, 12 and 0 on the season, 9 and 0 in the Big Ten. Iowa, 10 and 2 on the season, 7 and 2 in the Big Ten. Michigan ranked second, Iowa ranked 16th. Michigan is favored by 22 points, and the over-under is 34-and-a-half. Look, I love Iowa's defense. It, it might be one of the best defenses I've ever seen, and that's not being, you know, that's not trying to take anything away from some great Georgia defenses, some great Clemson defenses, some great Alabama defenses, LSU defenses back in the day. Iowa might be the best I've ever seen, you know, which is what they have to do week in and week out because they can't score points. Um, you know, Michigan minus 20, 22, uh, Harbaugh's back. Um, I just don't know if, I don't know if Iowa can score. Um, it's a good line. I'll say it's a good line. It makes you think. Um, I, I think that, you know, Michigan has no reason to, have style points in this game. They just got to get out of there with the wind and they're off to the college football playoffs. I'm going to take, Oh, this is ugly. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Michigan and I'm going to take Michigan minus 22. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six picks this week and the PAC 12 championship, Washington plus 10 and the ACC championship, Florida state minus one and a half and the big 12. We're taking Oklahoma state plus 15 and a half. In the SEC, you, we're going to take Georgia, minus 5. In the American Athletic, we'll take Tulane, minus 3.5. And, and in the, the Big Ten Championship, we'll take Michigan, minus 22. Um, I'll be excited to watch that Michigan-Iowa game. I, I'm not really a big Big Ten guy, 
but I just want to see what Iowa's defense does. It's it's almost become must-watch TV when I have the opportunity to watch Iowa defense do what they do. Um, yeah, I think that – oh, my – I think I'd still take the under in the 34-and-a-half, though, on that last game. So that's a bonus pick. I'm not going to put it in there, but that's a bonus pick. Take the under 34-and-a-half in the Michigan-Iowa game. But, y'all, I appreciate you. Um, this has been an absolute blast to, to run through a full college football season from – you know, we started this. We started this show back in um, back before college baseball ended. So about midway through the college baseball season, we started this this fun show. And I appreciate you guys sticking with me so long and, and being a part of football season. Um, you know, we'll still have bowl games to talk about. We'll have a lot of college basketball to talk about. Obviously, recruiting is about to go in full swing. Um, there's going to be two signing two signing periods for for high school football players to, to come to South Carolina. There's going to be a lot of transfer talk, um, both leaving the Gamecock program and coming into the Gamecock program. So a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time. And, um, you know, hopefully South Carolina finishes with more than what they lost in the portal. So with that being said, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all, you all give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. I never take it for granted. I'm so thankful to be able to do this um, two times a week with all, all of Gamecock Nation. So thank you guys. And, um, Happy December. It's officially December 1st, so we're into the holiday season full swing. So, uh, by the way, don't forget your wife's or your, your spouse's Christmas presents this year. Buy them early. Don't wait till the last minute. Um, I need to take that advice myself. But, again, everybody, enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you soon.